Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) What were you saying, Macy? Oh, Macy's just dying of laughter. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) What were you saying? Nothing. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to a court court of realms and readers, readers. (laughs) aka Akorar. AKA Roomba, Roomba readers. readers. This feels like an extra Roomba Roomba e night for me, y'all. So that it does. In. That it does because honestly, in the chapters we're about to read of uh, Assassin's Blade <laughs> by Sarah J. Moss, which is the last novella that we're in, which is the Assassin in the Empire. Tonight we're planning on wrapping up uh that novella and the book as a whole and it is um wait i thought we were doing one more episode after this we'll see we'll see my bullet points are fast (laughs) oh oh, that's right we want to skip over certain things not skip over just like don't 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 dwell on because uh the seasonal affective disorder be hitting hard lately folks (laughs) not too too bad though I mean, it's not, I, I'm I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, like I'm taking it in stride. I'm actually doing, you know what I mean? Like, no, it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks. It kind of throws me off schedule a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, it does kind of suck. I hate the fact that I work sun, uh, bef- I'm up like at work before mm-hmm. sunrise and mm-hmm. I'm not out until after sunset. Mm-hmm. And it's so unbelievably depressing when you can sit and watch the sunrise and set mm-hmm. while you're working well it's kind of depressing i guess can you like watch the sunrise and sunset well yeah i'm i my occupation i'm constantly looking out a window that's what i was thinking i just wanted to question you and make you tell the, the i was gonna say readers i mean they are readers little readers listeners, and the listeners yeah. <laughs> that you uh the job that i had most recently i was literally facing back to a window <laughs> and i would just be looking at my computer screen all day and then i turn around and i'd be like oh it's dark time for bed <laughs> <laughs> you know and then you try to like yes. force your butt to go to um like martial arts class or gym or whatever literally any do anything grocery <laughs> shopping go home like i don't need to eat i need to sleep <laughs> literally i don't need to do my laundry at the laundromat i need to sleep yeah so uh to all you out there suffering from the same <clears throat> issues uh just know that you're not alone and we're all here to read and hopefully make the season as cozy and happy as it possibly can be. <laughs> <laughs> I say as we're about to read these next few chapters. Next uh, chapters, yeah. By the way, folks, um, that's I was gonna say that's May. No, I'm May. I'm May. That's Macy. Macy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we are on one tonight. Uh, well, aren't we always? We- <laughs> honestly, honestly. What was your reading updates for the week? Yeah, I finished a book. Did I finish two books? Let me double check. The main book that I finished um, that I remember the most of, um, I started reading The the Mirror Visitor Quartet by Christelle Dabos, I think is how it's said. Hmm. Um, The first one is A Winter's Promise. Um, And it was delightful. I hopped right into the second book. Um, I actually got it on that app I was telling you about Libro FM, um, mm-hmm. where you can connect it to your local bookseller and it gives like a portion 
to your local bookseller. Um, mm-hmm. It was on sale. I'm not sure if it's still on sale, but it gave all four books for like $5, something like that. It was wild. But anyway, uh, this book is very, so it's originally in French, right? So it's translated from French. It's very kind of adult. I don't want to say Harry Potter-esque. It's very, it's a lot, it's fantasy, right? But it's also very, I want to say steampunky. Okay. Let me try to explain it to you this way. <laughs> the magic system is awesome okay okay um the world is like broken into pieces right Mm -hmm. so imagine like a round world that's then broken into pieces that they call arcs right that you can visit um and each arc has like a family spirit who's in charge of it and each family has like or clan within those families has different like magical traits so our main character ophelia her one of her traits is she is what they call a reader which means her hands when she touches an object she can read the thoughts of the person or people who have owned that object she can like see past through their memories or what they were thinking while they were holding that object basically is how i understand Hmm. it's really cool um but also her family is a bunch of animists they have this thing called animism where the things around them are in tune with (laughs) with like the thoughts or energy in the room kind of so for example um you could have like a jacket that's like really rambunctious and like won't sit right or like won't do things right right or uh, mm-hmm. you can have like doors that get irritated and like open and close randomly or uh one of my favorite ones is she has a scarf that tried to kill her when she was little like tried to strangle her but she tamed it and now it's like her pet and she like wears everywhere and it like is sentient kind of that's kind of kind of like dr strange's coat yeah kind of like that yeah yeah yeah. think like um almost like beauty in the beast castle you know what i mean the enchanted castle where like the objects have like minds of their own a little bit very cool um but (laughs) she gets into an arranged marriage with this guy whose name is thorn who is Mm -hmm. as the book would probably say and i'm i'm like joking but i'm not really joking the book is like this man has very blonde hair is very rude and very 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 tall like tall imagine taller <laughs> basically <laughs> is how they're described. he was so tall that he was like stooping he's so tall that he was like like <laughs> so um yeah and he comes from a place called the pole right um and so she's like not happy about this he doesn't seem super happy about it either she travels to go like meet his family but things are like not what they seem up there right so he has like a really high position, but everybody wants to kill him. Basically, all of the clans up there are very cutthroat and like want to off each other in order to have like the most power and prestige among their family spirit. Um, so that's that gets kind of interesting. And like his family's power, he technically has two, right? Um, and one of the reasons that he's kind of like hated is he's a bastard, right? So one of his powers is he has this thing called claws where he can like mentally hurt you without touching you. Basically, like think like migraines or like um other like slaps that's that that sort of thing so they can like mm. hurt you without touching you which is scary um it makes them more intimidating that that side of the family is called like the dragon clan and then um his other one is he doesn't forget anything damn so yeah so it's really interesting there's a lot of zany characters the way it's written is very poetic that's what i was trying to say earlier so anyway i went right through <laughs> went right straight through that um i love the character descriptions the characters in general um the dynamics um it had very little 
spice, but not to me. To me, it had spice, just not in like the way you would consider spice to be spice. Does that make sense? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, to me, spice would be like there's one part where they are talking to each other and he's like, you're kind of growing on me. And she's like, I'm never going to love you. Oh, okay, like banter spice. Yeah. Okay, like yeah. attitude. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I like that. You know, so I like. I'm never. Gonna... <laughs> I like witty banter like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's like funny, but it's also like scary at the same time. So it's you know, there's like murder and intrigue and mysteries and things to be found out and magic. So um i really like the first book i'm in the second book right now i understand people don't necessarily like the way the series ends but we'll see um yeah i'm I'm open to seeing how the rest of it goes so uh i think that's the only thing i really finished this week unless i'm forgetting anything how about you um okay i can't remember if i mentioned this at our last recording session or not Mm -hmm. um i finished a cu- I've finished a couple of books recently and I've gotten a good chunk of the way through a couple of books as well um but the first book I finished was a uh, reign of shadows and endings mm. but I don't remember if I mentioned that on the last uh recording I don't think so it's the it's the sister books to oh. lady of darkness okay yes okay I think you mentioned that to me while we were recording the special episode that we just did Okay, that's what I thought. I think, yeah. Um, but that won't be up for a little bit. So right. I finished another book by Melissa Rorich. Um, so I finished today, uh, Serpents and the Serpent in the Wings of Night, and it was good, but it was also infuriating at the end. Mm-hmm. The ending is infuriating. Um, the second book is out, but the third book is not. So I'm waiting to read the second book until the third book comes out. Because I know I'll burn through it. But the mm-hmm. book, like, just some things that happened in it, like, what some characters end up doing and just who the author chooses to kill and not kill. It just, it's infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, I texted uh. the person who suggested me to read it. Um, I sent some very strongly worded <laughs> messages. <laughs> oh, my. Um, you sent um a bajillion messages with yeah. lots of emojis and um cursing cursing <laughs> really long cursing honestly that's the longest of that curse i've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um but <laughs> yeah um i was not happy to say <laughs> but it's the <laughs> but it it hit you so i guess that did. means it was compelling you know at the least even though it she broke your I'm heart not starting the second book yet that shit needs to process yeah i oh uh, it's honestly. the kind of infuriating that like sarah j mass and like rebecca yaris inflict yeah um <laughs> which one of your which and you don't necessarily have to say names is the person who got mad with the end of this book that we're about to discuss is that somebody oh, uh, or there uh that's my friend her name is jenna jenna okay okay is she yeah. a listener she is a listener as far as i know yeah dear jenna i'm sorry for your 
this episode this is a special episode dedicated to jenna and her tears jenna your tears are made of silver (laughs) jenna i'm sorry for your emotional toil jenna thanks for being a listener and a friend just know that we are also heartbroken bada (laughs) (laughs) i hope she liked that (laughs) i hope she loves your serenade thanks um i don't know i know i I did i if i felt compelled to (laughs) apologize and thank her (laughs) be careful that's gonna become your thing when we're famous and then you're gonna have to do it in front of thousands of people sing yeah just do random Um, nervous singing (laughs) if destiny is calling me destiny is calling me to be a singer of little jingles watch out hank green here i come <laughs> maybe hank green will hire you he'll listen to our oh, my word. i feel like hank green and if you none of you know hank or john green um they're all over the place um they're writers and tiktokers and philanthropists and all around good boys and i (laughs) really like them both i feel like hank would be a great boss Mm. i feel like if i I said i needed a mental health day he'd be like yeah those exist as opposed to previous bosses i've had that have been like that's not a thing (laughs) yeah no literally (laughs) uh but yeah and i feel like he would um make sure i had good socks on always yeah the hank greens yeah <laughs> yeah his cancer socks. the cancer socks yeah that are on this tiktok shop right now mm-hmm. yeah but <laughs> any other reading updates or uh news updates that we should go through i know we're pretty close <laughs> we're pretty close to crescent city 3 coming out that i can't remember the name of oh well uh, the only news I the only news I can think of is something that I saw on TikTok that I can't say right this second, <laughs> but I will. We can talk about it later. And you probably I think you're the one that sent me the TikTok about it actually I, about I about think... the title of the third book. Yeah, I connecting think, yeah. to Throne of Glass. Yeah, yeah. In some way, I think. Um, yeah, that was me who sent that to you. Thank uh, you. but uh, <laughs> just so all of you know, basically, I don't look at my FYP anymore. I just look at what uh macy sends me and it's like a bajillion (laughs) (laughs) i make her i she she won at one point she complained to me about her for you page always being depressing and she didn't like going on tiktok because of it so i started cultivating my own personal for you page for may in (laughs) tiktok inbox of tiktoks that i come across that i know she would like find funny or just think is sweet (laughs) and then when i started watching that fyp my regular fyp became much better but then if i go too long without looking at stuff you send me though or one of my other close friends sends me (laughs) then it gets depressing again because there's something wrong with me (laughs) it's more than one thing wrong with me but we don't need to go into that right now did you just puke (laughs) my water <laughs> I almost uh, choked on my water <laughs> I saw that I saw that I should not have gotten a second cup of coffee do you like my um 
my scary cup. <laughs> Yo, you're in for a wild ride tonight. <laughs> it's from it's from the Mummy ride at Universal Orlando oh. or Universal Studios, um, which is one of my favorite rides because when I got to the outside of the ride, I was I looked at my um, significant other and I was like, "Is this really scary?" And he was like, "No, like the drops aren't like that bad." And I was like, "How big is like the the." the drop or whatever and I asked one of the guys on stilts who was dressed as like a mummy or whatever he was on stilts I was like how how big is the drop he was like you see that flagpole over there and I looked over he was like oh about that and I was like oh that's not bad so I get on the ride and there's more than one of those drops (laughs) so we go through the first one I was like when god that's over (laughs) there's more and then we get to what I think is the end of the ride and the roof becomes fire and then i'm jolted backwards but it's okay because the uh, the ride ends with brendan fraser who i love so <laughs> uh, brendan fraser as brendan fraser so <laughs> five out of five we'll ride again <laughs> anyway it's one of my favorite coffee mothers <laughs> i got it for myself for being a brave girl <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you feel better now? <laughs> it's okay. You make me cry every time too. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. My stomach hurts. That's good. It's good for your abdominal muscles. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a workout. <laughs> but honestly we need it going into this stupid end of this book see i'm already crying but you can tell i'm not just crying because i'm laughing i'm crying at this book <laughs> oh god Help oh my us. god all of our listeners are gonna think we're on crack <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i'm on um uh heartburn medication right now <laughs> and caffeine and caffeine oh god um, i'm purely running on um lack of sleep delirious energy fumes. perfect so, well that's exactly the energy we need so anywho let me put on my um serious glasses now and let's get this party started because <laughs> it's gonna be You're a doozy seeing eyeballs. <laughs> okay um can you tell me i think it's is chapter six that we're starting out with technically where they're following five chapter five sorry chapter five i had my bookmark yeah we're starting out with them following um faran faran whatever you want to say it yeah the target so Um. when they when they go back home and they're kind of like preparing for sam to go out to do the killing of faran um Sam reveals that Arabin also visited him. Like Arabin had also visited Selena earlier and creeped her mm-hmm. out, and but uh, then himself. <laughs> yes. Um. Apparently, he had kind of tried to dig his claws in a little bit with Sam because he mentioned something about Selena's past and how she wasn't being like completely honest with honest. him, right, yep. about her past and everything. Um, and that seems to hit a nerve with her since we've only had like brief glimpses into what her life prior to being an assassin was like um which we'll obviously learn more about later um 
but basically sam's like i don't care where you came from you can tell me when you're ready to um and he just like basically affirms that he loves her like no matter what no yeah. matter what her past might be he's saying that he trusts her and he's not going to give in to what arabin's trying to do so basically the idea right is he's gonna go out he's going to do the killing um i can't remember specifically because he's going to follow him because while they were following him right there were like areas here and there where he wasn't like super closely guarded Mm -hmm. um uh selena still is having like a few second thoughts about where they're going because sam's like i bought us a ticket to go to the southern isles right um she's like oh like a new continent I don't I, like she wasn't planning on that right she was thinking of someplace not too 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 far away right? right um and that's why they have a little bit of an argument and he says you know it doesn't matter to me what your past is like I'm going to love you no matter what and her realizing that Arabin had talked to him also is sort of like this wake-up call to like okay it doesn't matter where we go on this continent like Arabin's gonna be able to find us if we could get far 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 away then that's gonna be the best bet what's best yeah yeah so I was going to say, at 9 o'clock the next night, uh, he's getting ready to go, um, and she's going to let him go. She's going to let him go do the killing of Ron. Do you remember specifically, or see specifically in, in your text, where it says that he's going to go to do the killing? Was it near the vaults where they had been, like, where they had spied him to? Or, like, where he had done that torture of that other guy? Like, where was he going to, like, where was he going to kill Ferran specifically? I think it was while he was traveling, wasn't it? Like, on route to the vault? Because that seems to be, like, what his... Yeah, I think so. Because he had gone to a variety of places, including, like, the bank, and then, of course, back to, like, their headquarters or their house or whatever, but... Selena just is gonna stay at the apartment and wait. So that's what she does for quite a while. Um, She goes... This is what I hate about this chapter. Like, what's really rough about this chapter in particular is because um, if you've ever had a moment like this where you're waiting past when somebody is supposed to come back, you know what that feeling feels like of like, yes. oh, you, you know, they just went to go do something extra or mm-hmm. it's just taking longer for this reason or that reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You um, start worrying. There's nothing to be worried about until you actually do start worrying, <laughs> especially if you have an anxious attachment. Um which some of us do <laughs> and if it gets um, past a long time you're wondering if they're even okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like a scary feeling it's a very scary feeling and selena is having those feelings um i think i do see one quote here where it says sam should have been back by now and even though there was still another hour until the time when they'd agreed she'd look for him if he hadn't returned if he was truly in trouble then she certainly wasn't going to sit around for another minute Mm-hmm. the thought center sprinting down alley is heading towards jane's house so she starts looking for him a little bit um yes. and obviously- it was jane's house that they were yeah oh okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. okay that that reveals mm-hmm. our earlier question sorry folks for a little discombobulated <laughs> <laughs> she's like this is iffy and, and a little bit sus because if ron had been killed things would be different things would be looking different sounding different everybody would be operating differently around here but she's not seeing any kind of change at Ferran's home there's no blood or sign of struggle there's nothing um 
And yeah. she starts to think that maybe she missed Sam on his way home. Um, so she hurries back home. And that brings us to chapter seven. Um, and I feel like I feel like this is this is a very cinematic section mm-hmm. if we wanted to read it, but if yeah. you don't want to read it, that's fine. I mean, I'm not gonna read it. You can see it. <laughs> well, I meant if you think it's oh, worth- oh. No, no, go, go, go right, go right ahead. Go for those gut punches. Have at it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam wasn't at the apartment, but the clock atop the mantle read one in the morning. Selena stood before the embers of the fireplace and stared at the clock, wondering if she was how, somehow reading it wrong. But it continued clicking. And when she checked her pocket watch, it also read one. Then two minutes past the hour. Then five minutes. She threw more logs on the fire and took her off her swords, daggers, but remained in her suit, just in case. She had no idea she began pacing in front of the fire and only realized it when the clock chimed two and she found herself still standing before the clock. He would come home any time, any minute. Fade to black. Selena jolted awake at the faint chime of the clock. She'd ha- somehow wound up on the couch and fallen asleep four o'clock. She would go out again in a minute. Maybe he'd hidden in the assassin's keep for the night. Unlikely, but it was probably the safest place to hide after you've killed Rorik Fran. Selena closed her eyes. Fade to black. The dawn was blinding, and her eyes felt gritty and sore as she hurried through the slums, then the wealthy neighborhoods, scanning every cobblestone, every shadowy alcove, every rooftop for any sign of him. She then went to the river. She didn't dare breathe as she walked up and down the banks that bordered the slums, searching for anything, any sign of Ferran, or, or, or. She didn't let herself finish that thought, though crippling nausea gripped her as she scanned the banks and docks and sewer depositories. He would be waiting for her at home, and then he'd chide at her and laugh at her and kiss her, and then she'd dispatch Jane tonight, then... They'd set sail on the river and then let out a near that let out to the nearby sea and then be gone. He would be waiting at home. He'd be home. Home. Fade to black. Noon. It couldn't be noon, but it was. Her pocket watch was properly wound and it had once failed her. It hadn't once failed her in the years she'd had it. Each of her steps up the stairs to her apartment was heavy and light, heavy and light and sensations shifting with each heartbeat. She stopped by the apartment only long enough to see if he'd returned. A roaring silence hovered around her, a cresting wave that she'd been trying to outrun for hours. She knew that the moment the silence finally hit her, everything would change. She found herself atop the landing, staring at the door. It had been unlocked and left slightly ajar. A strangled sort of noise broke out of her, and she ran, the last few feet, barely noticing as she threw the door open and burst into the apartment. She was going to scream at him and kiss him and scream at him some more. A lot more. How dare he make her? Arab and Hamill was sitting on her couch. Selena halted. The king of assassins slowly got to his feet. She saw the expression in his eyes, knew what he was going to say long before he opened his mouth and whispered, I'm sorry. The silence struck. Well, damn, y'all. Mm-hmm. That's the end of chapter seven. That's the end of Sam's life. 
you did a good job reading it you were strong you were strong i was trying man (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not done yet (laughs) we're not done yet can we just take a moment though moment of silence for sam Cortland. I will remember you. <laughs> Some say love is a river. <laughs> we have to find a way to cope, folks. And uh, Macy and I know each other well enough to know that we deal with dark, sad feelings. With humor, through humor. Trauma is the breeding ground for comedy. <laughs> Macy, I have a question for you. Yes. How can this get worse? <laughs> Good question, May. Let's find out. God, because uh, we're about to find out. <laughs> Her body started moving, walking straight toward the fireplace before she knew what she was going to do. They thought he was still living in the keep, Arabin said. His voice pitched in a horrible whisper. They left him as a message. She reached the mantle and grabbed the clock from where it rested. Selena, Arabin breathed. She hurled the clock across the room so hard it shattered against the wall behind the dining table. Its fragments landed atop the buffet table against the wall, breaking the decorative dishes displayed there, scattering the silver tea set she'd bought for herself. Mm -hmm. Selena Arabin said again. She stared at the ruined clock, the ruined dishes, and tea set. There was no end to the silence. There would never be an end, only this beginning. I want to see the body. The words came from a mouth she wasn't sure belonged to her anymore. No, Arabin said gently. She turned her head toward him, baring her teeth. I want to see the body. Arabin's silver eyes were wide, and he shook his head. No, you don't. She had started moving, had started walking anywhere, because now that she was standing still, once she sat down, she walked out the door and down the steps. The streets were the same. The sky was clear. The briny breeze off the Avery still ruffled her hair. She had kept, she had to keep walking. Perhaps, perhaps they'd sent the wrong body. Perhaps Arabin had made a mistake. Perhaps he was lying. She knew Arabin followed her, staying a few feet behind as she strode across the sea city. She also knew that Wesley joined them at some point, always looking after Arabin, always vigilant. The silence kept flickering in and out of her ears. Sometimes it stopped long enough for her to hear the whiny, uh, the whinny of a passing horse or the shout of a peddler or the giggle of children. Sometimes none of those noises in the capital could break through. There had been a mistake. She didn't look at the assassins guarding the iron gates to the keep or the housekeeper who opened the giant double doors of the building or at the assassins who milled around the grand entrance and who stared at her with fury and grief mingling in their eyes. She slowed long enough for Arabin, trailed by Wesley, to step in front of her to lead the rest of the way. The silence peeled back. The thoughts tumbled in. It had been a mistake, and when she figured out where they were keeping him, 
Where they were hiding him, she'd stop at nothing to find him, and then she'd slaughter them all. Erebin led her down the stone stairwell at the back of the entrance hall, the stairs that led into the cellars and dungeons and the secret council rooms below, the scrape of boots on stone, Erebin in front of her, Wesley trailing behind her, down and down along the narrow but dark passageway, to the door across from the dungeon entrance. She knew that door, knew the room behind it, the mortuary, where they kept their members until, no, it had been a mistake. Erebin took out a ring of keys and unlocked the door, but paused before opening it. Please, Selena, it's better if you don't. She elbowed past him and into the room. The square room was small and lit with two torches, bright enough to illuminate. Illuminate. Each step brought her closer to the body on the table. She didn't know where to look first, at the fingers that went the wrong way, at the burns and careful deep slices in his flesh, at the face. The face she still knew, even when so many things had been done to destroy it beyond recognition. The world swayed beneath her feet, but she kept upright as she finished the walk to the table and looked down at the naked, mutilated body she had, she had, Fran had, taken his time. And And though that face was in ruins, it betrayed none of the pain he must have felt, none of the despair. This was some dream, or she had gone to hell after all, because she couldn't exist in a world where this had been done to him, where she'd paced like an idiot all night while he suffered, while Ferran tortured him, while he ripped out his eyes and Selena vomited on the floor. Footsteps, then Erebin's hands were on her shoulders, on her waist, pulling her away. He was dead. Sam was dead. She wouldn't leave him like this in this cold, dark room. She yanked out of Erebin's grasp. Wordlessly, she unfastened her cloak and spread it over Sam, covering the damage that had been so carefully inflicted. She climbed onto the wooden table, lay beside him, stretching an arm across his middle, holding him close. The body still smelled faintly like Sam, and like the cheap soap she'd made him use, because she was so selfish that she couldn't let him have her lavender soap. Selena buried her face in his cold, stiff shoulder. There was a strange, musky scent all over him, a smell that was so distinctly not Sam that she almost vomited again. It clung to his golden brown hair, to his torn, bluish lips. She wouldn't leave him, footsteps heading towards the door, then the snick of it closing as Erebin left. Selena closed her eyes. She wouldn't leave him. She wouldn't leave him. I think one of the most brutal things about this specific section is that because we read a lot of fantasy books, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't see a body, it doesn't necessarily mean they're dead for whatever re- one reason or another. Absolutely. Plus no body, way- no proof. Plus the way that this is reading sounds almost perfectly like a setup for her. She's led by Arabin who we know to be her enemy into literally a dungeon but she's willing to go but she's willing to go for sam right absolutely and you have hope until that last that very last minute because wesley's behind her absolutely she's covered front and back you have hope up until that very last moment that they maybe have sam maybe are torturing him but they're using him as bait Mm -hmm. to get selena to come in right and it turns out 
not to be that and it kills us Mm -hmm. especially if you happen across fan art of it and you want to die (laughs) absolutely because nothing hits quite as hard as like a preventable accident trauma well here's what hits hits me so hard right yeah so as a survivor of trauma she and after everything that happened with ansel she tried so so hard to Mm. allow someone else to make a plan to allow someone else to have say to go in alone to put that trust in someone else and tear down her walls a little bit and what happens he died and this is going to f her up for a long time this is like if you've ever been in this sort of position Mm. whether it's like opening up your heart to anything really and just Mm -hmm. having it crushed so thoroughly after being so careful for so long it's just it's gut-wrenching it's gut-wrenching and don't even try to think about what his last moments must have been like absolutely not what he was thinking about and who he was thinking about and what was happening absolutely imagine like the death of any loved one you've ever had past and not to, to mention be, being tortured and tortured so brutally and something you could maybe have helped them you could have prevented when she was yeah. out on the street she second she went back mm-hmm. he said he wanted to do it at all on his own and she said no and but she asked her to trust him and she did and that's what happens i guess i don't but think we know this is gonna leave a mark on her for Absolutely. a while and we will see how this plays into her character development yeah. very prominently yeah aren't you glad that we made you read this book first if you hadn't read them through already so you can have this devastating emotional impact this is just this is book point five y'all oh for real though for real this um, isn't even the true this isn't even the meat and potatoes of the series y'all this is the prequel this is the prequel um but i promise it's fun <laughs> it's so good it's so it's worth. so it's so good um, i like this is why i like reading it in public order because yeah you don't get the i mean i, I feel like if you read it in the romantic version with mm-hmm. assassin's blade in the middle it does still pack a punch but it's not like i don't know you don't have that background context going into the, the yeah. full story yeah. To be like to know why she is how she is. Instead, mm-hmm. you're like you just accept that that's how she is because that's how you're introduced to her, mm-hmm. and then you get the back town background context later, and you're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that checks. I feel like, and I mean, only Sarah and or nobody knows this. What Sam's last thoughts were, <laughs> but I, I don't like think anyone wants to guess. <laughs> I like to think that his like last heart's desire was for Selena to actually get a chance to heal because he 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 will know what that impact will be. I don't think he's mad at Selena or he's mad at himself for not listening to her. He's, you know, hoping that she didn't listen to him and will come through the door. That's what breaks my heart the most is like him hoping you know that he's laying there hoping that you know there's probably a piece of him hoping that 
she's not going to listen to him and be her stubborn self and and break through the door at any moment but there's also going to be a piece of him that doesn't want her anywhere near the type of torture that he's going through it's just putting yourself in their shoes it's just heartbreaking not to mention the part of his tortured soul is probably like i deserve this because i'm an assassin (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh god poor sam oh sam Sam, our beautiful angel oh little boy oh i'm sorry for everything i said about you being not a great assassin (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or bad at assassin's creed my boy has yeah. my boy <laughs> okay yeah 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 Yeah. that's how i feel about sam bye bye <laughs> <That's my laughs> um so selena wakes up and she is obviously um very distraught it's mm. that kind of horrible waking up situation that you just have to not you deal with feel- but it's just, you know, it's going to be a long time before you wake up and you're like, okay, you know what I mean? You're just going to keep right. waking up. Right, it's like, the it's new, like a, it before it becomes a new normal. You're like, this is a waking nightmare. And if you're you have, praying it's not real and that it was a bad dream. And it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes mm-hmm. and goes and goes and it's horrible and it's the worst. And yeah, it says uh, reality opened wide and swallowed, and swallowed her. her whole. Yeah. Cause that, and then she kind of goes into a depression. Uh, <laughs> um and she's like oh it's that horrible um sense of like losing the memory of your loved one yeah she's saying she can't remember the way he was it laughs or yeah she says smells. um she says the memory of his face uh was already blurring had his eyes been more golden brown or soil brown she couldn't remember and she'd never get the chance to find out because they tore his eyes out mm-hmm. of his head which is horrible mm-hmm. uh okay um. and that's the other thing now that's like that's the last memory she'll have of him mm-hmm. which is awful but um so but at least, sorry at least the last living memory was him saying you know what no matter what your past is i love you i love you yeah and, absolutely uh-huh <laughs> sorry um she didn't want to go out into a world where he didn't exist so she ends up laying in bed um and not getting out of bed for a little while um and then someone was speaking outside her door which okay actually no i'm gonna keep that thought for after we read this little scene um because i have some very strong feelings about arabin after this of course we do okay (laughs) sure um so someone's speaking outside her door three men in low voices um but she can hear conveniently how uh what they're saying he says uh jane and fran will be expecting retaliation the guards will be on alert then we'll take out the guards and while they're distracted some of us will go for jane and Ferran. arabin said um we strike tonight arabin growled Ferran lives at this at the house and if we time it right we'll kill both of them while they're in their beds getting to the second floor isn't as simple as waking uh walking up the stairs even the exteriors are guarded if we can't get through the front then there's a small second door second story window that we can leap through using the roof of the house next door a leap like that could be fatal enough i'll decide how to break in when we arrive have the others go uh ready to go in three hours. I want us on our way at midnight. 
and tell them to keep their mouths shut. Someone must have tipped off Ferran if he knew to set a trap for Sam. Don't even tell your servants where you were, uh, you're going. Um, so awfully uh, convenient, that conversation mm-hmm. being held outside of her bedroom door and not in his office or even a receiving room. Yeah. Very conveniently spoken loudly outside her doors. That's not suspicious at all. Selena is operating on she's she's in a haze of grief right now she's like rage she's not mm going to be acting sensibly Mm -mm. so just to warn you selena's not about to do smart things (laughs) she's about to make some very poor decisions y'all she is gonna um find whatever spare weapons she has hidden in her floorboards in this room back at uh arabin's back at the assassin's keep and she's gonna break the heck out because Arabin um, has her locked in her room right now, y'all. Yes, yeah, because literally afraid, locked in her room. Yeah, because he's afraid she's gonna do something stupid. Apparently, yep. Yep. while baiting her to do something stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, and so she—I can't remember exactly how. Okay. Yeah, so she's she's literally thinking all about how she's going to kill Jane and how she's going to do this and how long it's going to take um she just she seeks right out her window actually um Mm -hmm. like any good bad teenager will do um and she's thinking about how she personally needs to be the one to take him out to take them out um she she feels like it is her kill her right yeah and she's hoping to be able to kill ferran like obviously pretty horribly um Mm -hmm. wesley stops her briefly and says where do you think you're going she's like get out of my way i hate you um (laughs) (laughs) because that's all she ever thinks and he's saying use your head and she says i hate you (laughs) she doesn't actually say that but she does say get out of my way he's saying use your head like Mm -hmm. you're being baited this is a setup i can't say anything use your head but she is in such Mm -hmm a grief stricken state that she is not thinking clearly nor does she care to she's just lost mm-hmm. like the like essentially her first love and she is not handling it well he she threatens him with a blade and he's saying like don't you understand he's like pleading right but Selena, it says that the fire rose and, up in Selena and she... Well, he gets out. He said, don't you understand? It's all just a... But the fire rose up in Selena and she whirled using a move the Mute Master had taught her that summer. Wesley's eyes lost focus as she slammed the pommel of her dagger into the side of his head. He dropped like a stone. Before he didn't even finish collapsing, Selena was sprinting for the fence. A moment later, she jumped it van- and vanished into the city streets. She kills him. I feel like that's not necessarily a killing move, though. Hold on. Because I, like I feel like we oh, see him later. Slam the pommel of her dagger. Yeah, yeah, she knocked him out. You were picturing her stabbing him in the side of the in head. In the side of the head. Oh, my word. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, damn, she's in a rage. She's grieving. Oh, my gosh. That's what uh. I was picturing, like, Mortal Kombat style. <laughs> uh oh okay yeah no i was gonna say because there's another manga nugget there's a letter that he 
writes later that Lysandra has Naga Nugget. I'm not going to reveal any more information than oh, that. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I remember something, that now. Something, yeah, else his... might ha- something else might happen to him later. His not- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But um, even this was like really risky because it's interesting because she doesn't like him. He's always tailing uh i don't know why i have three fingers up she's always tailing (laughs) i don't even know what that means she's always tailing he's always tailing arabin basically he's like a pet dog almost he's a bodyguard he's always listening in on conversations trusted because he can hear everything that happens he never leaves arabin's side he's the only one that knows every dirty detail that goes on behind that man's head and she just doesn't like him and he's always like quiet and snooty and whatever but here he's like but we also know that he's fond of Sam. Probably more fond of Sam than he is of Selena, honestly, which is why. Well, I've always wondered if that's if he was ordered by Arabin to try and stop her as part of the betrayal. You think so? Yeah, because he doesn't give a shit otherwise. Why would he start giving a shit now? Because you he likes Sam. I mean? But mm... I'm telling you, I'm remembering something that you're not. <laughs> i think i think for once in my life i think i'm remembering something you're not which is usually the other is way it, around is it something that was in the letter yes was uh we can discuss hold- later if you'd like <laughs> yeah hold on well, um i think it was i'm typing it in the chat secret chat notes that none of you can see because you're not in the live with us only we can see the chat. Oh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll t- hold on. I'll I'll sh- I'll, sh- I'll give, me, um, give me one second. Give me one second. I'm gonna insert some um holding music because <laughs> insert some holding music. Oh, you're done rocking around the Christmas tree. Be jolly back the halls with boughs of holly. I wonder if by the time we post this, it'll be after Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> now we have 20 ish days, so that's couple weeks so probably this will be around christmas if not very shortly after or before yeah within a decent time frame that it won't be weird (laughs) hopefully (laughs) it's like easter (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway did did you get the gist of my information okay you typed that very quickly i pasted it i pasted it okay okay i was like i was like seriously impressed oh yeah like genuinely <laughs> shook i thought you typed that all out and i was like god damn that typing skills on point granted my wpm is pretty high but that would have to be like a bajillion <laughs> mine's really low mine's like anywho and then backspace 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 ticky 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 backy space i i agree i agree that he could potentially have had um, been ordered to do so but 
I don't know. I'm glad she didn't stab him in the head like you apparently thought she did. I don't know I why. Didn't... That's how I pictured that scene play out in my head. You've been watching too much John Wick or something. <laughs> <laughs> the other books that I've been reading have been violent. <laughs> oh, okay. Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, Merry Christmas. Here's a dark romance. <laughs> um, so she she she's knocks him out. Around, yeah, and she, she's storming around in a uh, fog of rage. She makes uh, it to Ferran's house, um, and she gets inside, and like to the reader, it's almost absolutely like a trap like from immediate get-go because there's like a ton of people right there waiting essentially to fight her it looks like you know um from my from what i remember um because i'm not looking at it right now from what i remember um jane Jane is sitting at at the far end jane ferron and others sat around square table along with a dozen guards okay so she like dispenses of the guards pretty fast mm-hmm. and then if i'm remembering correctly like she just straight up like whips out she like she, her her mindset is like slaughter them all kill them all yeah um and i'm just looking to the part where like she does kill jane yes yeah, she pretty uh, fast pretty yeah, that's, quickly uh, like the fir- one of the first thing one of the first things uh she does after um killing a couple of the guards is mm. she throws a dagger um which hits jane in the neck and then utter pandemonium ensues um the doors swing open more guards flood in um and essentially it's just a bloodbath uh she goes on a full rage and then um she notices that the guards that are that are still rushing in are all wearing large, strange black masks, masks with clear glass eyepieces and some sort of cloth over the mouths. And then smart smoke starts pouring into the room after the door is shut, and um, someone seals the window, and essentially they pump this room full of gas um, to make her pass out and um or is it paralyzing it's kind of like one of those agents that will like make it so you it'll knock you out but like as your senses come to like you're not gonna be able to move you know what I mean? like yeah. like basically it's a, a nightmare paralytic yeah. yeah and so jane's the one that she killed by stabbing him in the neck or she had like thrown i think she had like thrown, thrown a dagger yeah yep, yep. so she grabbed yeah grabbed a dagger da, da, da. um yeah and as that when this when the smoke had started and she knew okay this is what had that's the smell that she had smelled on sam yeah right the muskie so she knows that that's something that he had fallen trapped to too so So she's thinking she's essentially realizing that the traps were set for both of them they were both betrayed yep yep well um so ferran is she's she's starting to like sway to the side it's starting to have an impact on her ferran is enjoying this which is infuriating for all of us involved Mm. um and she's thinking like okay well am i just gonna straight up die whatever he says something like she's supposed to be kept alive like she's meant to be kept alive there's nothing he can do because um uh, it's because she killed jane um they need someone he he made uh so if i understand Mm -hmm. 
Actually, wait, no, I don't know what part of that comes from the letter and what part doesn't. Um, Selena wakes up. She is uh, tied up, I believe. Um, and Ferran is kind of just talking to her, messing with her, um, and says that, you know, you're really quite beautiful. I can see why Arabin kept you as a pet for so many years. How old are you anyway? Um, and she said, I'm half, uh, or he says, I'm half tempted to keep you for myself instead of handing you over. Perhaps I'll take you downstairs if you survive. But that wasn't part of the bargain, was it? You're dying to know what the bargain was, aren't you? Let's see if I remember correctly. We kill Sam. You go berserk and break in here. Then you kill Jane. And I take Jane's place. Pity mm-hmm. that I need you to take blame for Jane's death. And if only handing you over to the king wouldn't make such a nice gift. Um, If the king lets you survive, I'm in your eternal debt. You've handed me a crown after all. So... Um, she's now trying to figure out who, um, who's betrayed them. Um, and if, unfortunately she doesn't immediately think of Arabin like we all do. Yeah, unfortunately. Who knows that, if it is him, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> who? That's like, and that's like the point that she gets to, like, overall, she's like, who? 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 Um she's in that at that point she's thinking about how wesley had tried to tell her and she's thinking oh crud um and yeah, she's uh, realizing that she was being played and uh she's realizing how much of an idiot she was poor thing um she ferran really is messing with her mentally here he does hit her at one point and says yes. that that's for getting blood on his carpet, which I, her and blood and carpets. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. um, and he says something like, you would have been delightful to break. He is sick. I wonder what kind of sick person would team up with somebody as sick as Rook Ferran. Mm. I wonder. So, chapter 11. She has a headache. Um, she wakes. Uh, so, essentially, that chapter the last chapter ends yeah. um, with him whacking her in the head so she passes out. She wakes up with a pulsing headache um, and she's essentially not trying not to let anyone know that she's awake and using her senses and to get her bearings about her surroundings. Um, and it says she knew three things before she even opened her eyes. The first was that at least six hours had passed because she could wiggle her toes and her fingers and those movements were enough to tell her that all of her weapons had been removed. The second was that because at least six hours had passed, and Arabin and the others clearly had not found her, she was either in the royal dungeons across the city or in some cell beneath Jane's house awaiting transport. And third, Sam was still dead. And even her rage had been a pawn in some betrayal or twisted and brutal she couldn't even begin to wrap her head around it. Sam was still dead. Um, she is in the and- dungeon in the palace, right? So she realizes a little bit later then when the guards yeah. come in and she's like, oh, those are royal guards. So that's when yes, she realizes but that she's... right now she is hoping that Arabin will find her. Um, yeah. And 
betrayed by Harding or someone like him, someone who would benefit from her being permanently gone with no hope of ever coming back, and Arabin still hadn't rescued her. He'd find her, though. He had to. Um, and then she realizes, yes, they're royal guards. Um, they say that the dungeon is impenetrable and chains are made with a Darlinian steel. Um, so basically there's no way she can get out and she is uh, just struggling in her chains and just trying to come to terms with what is going on. Um, the fact that Arabin probs isn't coming. Yes, and she's slowly realizing that she is alone. I'm alone. There's nobody here beside me. Ugh. And dealing with Sam being dead. Um, yeah. The interesting thing about like the guards that I got out of this section is that they're all like, she's so small and young. She's like my daughter's yeah. age. Are we sure like she actually yeah. killed um, Jane? Because that's what she's in there for, right? Is yeah, killing so Jane because he was like a he was like pretty high up there as he far was as the notoriety number goes. one crim like crime lord criminal guy, I guess. But at the um, same time, he was like official, like partially official or something, right? Yeah, he was semi-official, I think, is what made him so powerful. Mm. Um, But it says, you, uh, the guards are talking at this point, and they say, you think she's really Selena Sardothian? She looks my uh, she looks my daughter's age. Better not tell anyone. The king said he'd flay us alive if we breathe one word. Hard to imagine that it's her. Did you see the list of victims? It went on and on. You think she's wrong in the head? She just looks at you without really looking at you, you know? I bet they needed someone to pay for Jane's death. They probably grabbed a simple girl to pretend it was her. Uh, mm. He snorts. Won't matter to the king, will it? If she won't talk, then it's her own damn fault she, if she's innocent. I don't think she's really Selena Sardothian. So she's, in fact, Selena Sardothian, though. She is, in fact, Selena Sardothian. I think it's interesting that we start off the book um, with her being masked so that and people wouldn't find out who she really going is. To know. Yep. Well, not only are they going to know who it is, but even though she's unmasked and even though there's witnesses, they still don't think it's her. Absolutely. Just because of her appearance. Right. So that's part of why I think she was made to wear... I mean, I mean, first of all, I think the mask isn't just... A mask i think it was like we talked about in previous episodes i think it was kind of like symbolic of her like taking on a character mm -hmm. or a, you know what i mean as opposed to just herself i think that helped a little bit um with intimidation first of all second of all i think it helped her compartmentalize different parts of herself that were yeah one which was gruesome and capable of horrible things and one that was like a regular teenage girl who likes shiny objects like a cross. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now here she is. Um basically stripped naked, I mean, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. And people and are looking at her. Wet, and mm -hmm. Damn. So she has hit rock bottom almost. <laughs> and that's essentially and that's essentially what's like the dialogue is and going mm -hmm. through her brain right now. Mm -hmm. and they're thinking about if she they're asking like do you think she's gonna hang do you think they're gonna behead her what do you think is which is so cruel just mm -hmm. it's just awful um, um so chapter 12 uh the final chapter uh, shall we dive right in um do you want to 
I mean, for most of this first part, isn't it? It's basically her like talking about like the dungeon and like her yeah, dread over like cell. what's going to happen. Um, up, the, up until the point where a thing actually happens, maybe. Yes, from the there. king of a darling enters yeah. the room. Yeah. Um, he says, "I didn't believe the rumors until now, but it seems the guards were not lying about your age. How old are you?" Uh, she didn't reply. Sam was gone. She nothing she could do, even if she fought, even if she raged. Uh, nothing could change that. Um, and then she says. Um, did Rukfron get his claws on you or are you just being willful? Um, which uh he is standing up with everybody, by the way. Mm. Um very well then, the king said. Um, do you deny that you are Selena Doth Sardothian? If you do not speak, then I will take your silence as acquiescence, girl. She kept her mouth shut. Then read uh then read the charges, counselor Rincel. Um the man clears his throat. You, Selena Sardothian, are charged with the deaths of the following people. And then he began to recite a long list of all those li- whose lives she's taken. A brutal story of a girl who is now gone. Arabin had always seen it, that he would, uh, that the world knew of her handiwork. He always got word out through secret channels when another victim had fallen to Selena Sardothian. And now the very thing that had earned her the right to call herself a darling's assassin would be what sealed her doom. When it was over, the man said, do you deny any of the charges? Her breathing was slow. Girl, the councilman bit out shrilly. We will take your lack of response to me. You do not deny them. Do you understand that? She didn't bother to nod. It was all over anyway. Then I will decide your sentence, the king growled. Um... Then the king steps towards her and um, steps in front of her and demands, look at me, look at me. Um, And she doesn't move. She only gazes at his boots and he snaps, look at me. She raises her head and looks at the king of Darlin. The blood drained from her face and those black eyes were poised to devour the world. The features were harsh and withered. Um, she wore a, He wore a sword at his side. The sword whose name everyone knew, a fine tunic and a fur cloak, uh, cloak, no crown rested on his head. She had to get away, had to get out of this room, get away from him, get away. Do you have any last requests before I announce your sentence? Um, he asked, those eyes still searing through every defense she'd ever learned. She could still smell the smoke that had suffocated every inch of Terrison nine years ago. Still smell the sizzling flesh and hear the futile screams as the king and his armies wiped out every last trace of resistance, every last trace of magic. No matter what Arabin had trained her to do, the memories of those last weeks as Terrison fell were imprinted upon her blood, so she just stared at him. When she didn't reply, he turned on his heels and walked back to the table. She had to get away forever. Brash, foolish fire flared up and turned her only for a, mo- a moment, into that girl again. I do, she said, her voice ho- hoarse from disuse. The king paused and looked over his shoulder at her. She smiled, a wicked, wild thing. Make it quick. It was a challenge, not a plea. The king's counsel and the guards shifted, some of them murmuring. The king's eyes narrowed slightly, and when he smiled at her, it was almost the most horrific thing she'd ever seen. 
oh, he said, turning to face her fully. That foolish fire went out. If it is an easy death you desire, Slaney Sardothian, I will certainly not give it to you, not until you have adequately suffered. You, Selena Sardothian, are sentenced to nine lives worth of labor in the salt mines of Endovir. Her blood turned to ice. The councilmen's all glanced at one another. Obviously, this option hadn't been discussed beforehand. You will be sent with the others to keep you alive for as long as possible, so you will have to enjoy, uh, have the chance to enjoy Endovir's special kind of agony. Endovir. Then the king turned away. Endovir. There was a, a flurry of motion. The king barked an order to have her on the first wagon out of the city. Then her hands, then arms were on her hands and crossbows pointed at her as she was half dragged out of the room. Endovir. She was thrown in her dungeon cell for a few minutes, hours, or a day. Then more guards came to fetch her, leading her up the stairs into the still blinding sun. Endovir. New shackles hammered shut in the dark interior of the prison wagon. Uh, then the turn of multiple locks and the jostle of horses. And then they ride through the city and she's looking at all the places she's going to miss. Um, they pass the Assassin's Keep, um, the Royal Theater, um, and she's led out of the capital as she sinks into the corner of the wagon and doesn't get up. Um, and then we got a cut scene here between Ferran uh, and Arabin. Standing upon one of the many emerald roofs of Rifthold, Rook, Ferran, and Arabin Hamel watched the prison wagon was escorted out of the city. A chill breeze swept off the Avery, ruffling their hair. Endovir then, Ferran mused, his dark eyes still upon the wagon. A surprising twist of events. I thought you had planned a grand rescue from the butchering block. The king of assassins said nothing. So you're not going after the wagon? Obviously not, Erebin said, glancing at the new crime lord of Rifthold. It had been on this very rooftop that Ferran and the King of Assassin had first run into each other. Ferran had been going to spy on one of Jane's mistresses, and Erebin, well, Ferran had never learned why Erebin had been meandering across the roofs of Rifthold in the middle of the night. You and your men could free her in a matter of moments, Rorik went on. Attacking a prison wagon is far safer than what you had originally planned, though I'll admit, sending her to Endovir is far more interesting to me. If I wanted your opinion, Ferran, I would have asked for it. Ferran gave him a slow smile. You might want to consider how you speak to me now, and you might want to consider who gave you your crown. Ferran chuckled, and the silence fell for a long moment. If you wanted her to suffer, you should have left her in my care. I could have had her begging for you to save her in a matter of minutes. It would have been exquisite. Arabin just shook his head. Whatever gutter you grew up in, Ferran, it must have been an unparalleled sort of hell. Ferran studied his new ally, his gaze glittering. You have no idea. After a long moment of quiet, he asked, Why did you do it? Arabin's attention drifted back to the wagon, already a small dot on the roof rolling hills of Rifthold. Because I didn't, I don't like sharing my belongings. What a nasty piece of shit. <laughs> he uh, is exactly so much. He's exactly who we always knew he was. He from is. 
from the beginning to the every sus moment was true and she unfortunately our poor girl actually was thinking he'll come get me he'll come Mm -hmm. get me i'm mean enough to him that's the trauma babes that's trauma we've all been there can you imagine i mean this this is nasty almost him having saved her if she was like being tortured like Ferran was kind of alluding to that would have almost been worse in a way because she would have felt like grateful and indebted to him for forever mm-hmm. unless she found out this <laughs> yeah which she's i mean maybe that's why he kind of thought well i'm just gonna have her be sent far away and i mean he's obviously mad at her um It's so frustrating. He's so horrible. (laughs) He's literally the worst. (laughs) He's literally the worst type of human being. (sighs) So sick. So sick. And it's it's so sad because there are people like that out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hate it so much. Okay. After. After. She had been in the wagon for two days now, watching the light shift and dance on the walls. She only moved from the corner long enough to relieve herself or pick up the food they threw in for her. She had believed she would could love Sam and not pay the price. Everything has a price, she'd once been told by a spider silk merchant in the Red Desert. How right he was. Sun shone through the wagon again, filling it with weak light. The, salt, uh, the trek to the salt mines of Endivere took two weeks. Each mile led them farther and farther north into the colder weather. When she dozed, falling in and out of dreams and reality and sometimes not knowing the difference, she was awoken by the uh, shivers that racked her body. The guards offered her no protection from the chill. Two weeks in this dark, reeking wagon and the only shadows and light on the wall for company. The silence hovering around her. Two weeks and then Endovir. She lifted her head from uh, from the wall. The growing fierce uh, set the silence flickering. No one survived Endovir. Most prisoners didn't survive a month. It was a death camp. A tremor went up down her numb fingers. She drew her legs in tighter to her chest, resting her head against them. The shadows and light continued to play on the wall. Excited whispers, the crunch of rushing feet on dried grass, moonlight shining through a window. She didn't know how she got upright or how she made it to the tiny barred window, her legs stiff and aching and wobbly from disuse. The guards were gathered near the edge of the clearing they'd camped in for the night, staring out into the tangle of trees. They'd entered the oak-walled forest sometime on the first day. Now it would be nothing but trees, trees, trees for the two weeks they would travel north. The moon illuminated the mist swirling among the leaf-strewn ground, and made the trees cast long shadows like lurking wraiths. And there, standing in a crops of thorns, was a white stag. Stellina's breath hitched. She clenched the bars of the small window as the creature looked at them. His towering antlers seemed to glow in the moonlight, crowning him in a wreath of ivory. Gods above, one of the guards whispered. The stag's enormous head turned slightly towards the wagon, towards the small window. The, no- the lord of the north. And so the people of Terrasen will always know how to find their way home, she'd once told Ansel as they lay under a blanket of stars and traced the constellation of the stag. 
so they can look up the sky and no matter where they are and no terracing is forever with them. Tendrils of hot air puffed from the stag's snout, curling in the chill night. Selena bowed her head, though she kept her gaze upon him, so the people of Terrison will always know how to find their way home. A crack in the silence, spreading wider and wider as the stag's formless, fathomless eyes stayed steady on her. A glimmer of a world long since destroyed, a kingdom in ruins, the stag shouldn't be here, not so deep in a, into a darling or so far from home. How had he survived the hunters who had been set loose nine years ago, when the king had ordered all the sacred white stags of Terrison butchered? And yet here he was, glowing like a beacon in the moonlight. He was here, and so was she. She felt the warmth of tears before that she realized she was crying. And then the unmistakable groan of bow strings being pulled back. The stag, her lord of the north, her beacon, didn't move. Run! The hoarse scream erupted from her. It shattered the silence. The stag remaining, remained staring at her. She banged the side of the rag in. Run! Damn you! The stag turned and sprinted, a bolt of white light weaving through the trees, the twang of a bowstring and the hiss of arrows, all missing their mark. The guards cursed. The wagon shook as one of them struck it in frustration. Selena backed away from the window, backed up, 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 until she ran to the wall and collapsed onto her knees. The silence had gone. In its absence, she could feel the barking pain echo through her legs, the ache of the injuries from Ferran's men that, uh, and what they had given her. The dull stirring, uh, sting of her wrists and ankles rubbed raw by chains, and she could feel the endless love where Sam had once been. She was going to Endobir. She was to be a slave in the salt mines of Endivir. Fear, ravenous and cold, dragged her under. Man, things are not turning out well for our girl. Uh, the beginning. Selena Sarathian knew she was nearing the salt mines when two weeks later the trees of Oakwall gave way to gray, rough terrain and jagged mouse mountains piercing the sky. She had been laying on the floor since dawn and had already vomited once, and now she couldn't bring herself to stand up. Sounds in the distance, shouting in the faint crack of a whip, Endovir. She wasn't ready. The light turned brighter as if uh, they left as they left the trees behind. She was glad Sam wasn't here to see her like this. She let out a sob so violent she had to press her fist to her mouth to keep from being heard. She'd never be ready for this, for Endovir and the world without Sam. A breeze filled the wagon, lifting away the smells of the past two weeks. Her trembling paused for a heartbeat. She knew that breeze. She knew the chill bite beneath it. Knew it carried a hint of pine and snow. Mm. Nugget, nugget. Nugget, nugget. Um, carried the hint of pine and snow. No, uh, knew the mountains from which it hailed. A northern breeze, a breeze of terracin. She must stand up. Pine and snow and lazy golden summers, a city of a uh, city of light and music in the shadow of the Staghorn Mountains. She must stand or be broken before she even entered Endovir. The wagon slowed, wheels bouncing over the rough path. A whip snapped. My name is Selena Sardothian, she whispered onto the floor, but her lips shook hard enough to cut off the words. Somewhere, someone started screaming. From the shift in the light, she knew they were nearing what had to be a giant wall. My name is Selena Sardothian, she tried again. She gasped down uneven breaths. 
The breeze grew into a wind, and she closed her eyes, letting it sweep away the ashes of the dead world, of that dead girl. And then there was nothing left except something new, something still glowing red from the forging. Selena opened her eyes. She would go into Endovir, go into hell, and she would not crumble. She braced her palms on the floor and slid her feet beneath her. She had not stopped breathing yet, and she had endured Sam's death and evaded the king's execution. She would survive this. Selena stood, turning to the window, looking squarely at the mammoth stone wall rising up ahead of them. She would tuck Sam into her heart, a bright light for her to take out whenever things were darkest, and then she would remember how it had felt to be loved, when the world had held nothing but possibility. No matter what they did to her, they could never take that away. She would not break, and someday, someday, even if it took her until her last breath, she would find out who had done this to her. To Sam. Selena wiped her tears as the wagon entered the shade of a tunnel going through the wall. Whips and screams and the clank of chains. She tensed, already taking in every detail she could. But she squared her shoulders, straightening her spine. My name is Selena Sardothian, she whispered, and I will not be afraid. The wagon cleared the wall and stopped. Selena raised her head. The wagon doors unlocked and were thrown open, flooding the space with gray light. Guards reached for her, mere shadows against the brightness. She let them grab her, let them pull her from the wagon. I will not be afraid. Selena Sardothian lifted her chin and walked into the salt mines of Endovir. The end. The end. Dun, dun, dun. That last line in particular is <laughs> nice and fun. Yes, um, but I think I think I may have mentioned this before, but that line mm-hmm. that I am so and so and I will not be afraid. We do see that line again in a different book of a different series by Sarah J. Mass. We and do every, everything has everything has. Mm-hmm. She just um, likes to put that right on in there. And I'm going to type something in the group chat so I don't forget to tell you because this is spoilery. Okay. Um, I do know that there's another version of this book that has extra content, but I think Isn't that when she's being whipped. Nope. That's nope. It's from content. a different character. No, it's from a different character's point of view. Is it the bonus scene between someone that starts with a C and someone starts with a D? Yeah, that one. Okay. Yeah, okay. I feel like that one would fit better towards the beginning of the throne of glass, though. Like when we when we start that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like this is the perfect place to end tone wise with this book and honestly like i get the i like that that chapter exists and i like the idea of it but it's kind of like an interlude almost you know what i mean as opposed to like the ending of this book is good in in and of itself it's sort of like a it's not like a prelude it's more like a um like an interlude it's 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 like a thing between things the joining together of two things the joining together of the assassin's blade and what we've read of that and Throne of Glass, which is where the series starts in proper turn. Your eyes just got really, really big. Because I forgot <laughs> how to spell something real quick and it was dumb. <laughs> Your bra- <laughs> you, you harnessed all that brain cell right then. <laughs> um, what, what are some of your thoughts? Tell me some of your thoughts um, about... T- I kind of want to hear... I want to hear about what you think about the ending of this book. And I want to hear what you think about the book in and of itself since we're finishing it today. Hold on, I'm finishing typing out this message before it leaves my brain. Okay, um, 
I'll start by saying this book is not my favorite. (laughs) I do like it and I do appreciate it. It does hurt me so, 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 so much. Um, Yeah. Oh, you say, I think that's what the next book is called. Yeah. Nope. I, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. And yep. I think that is the name that is given at one point. She has many names. Yes. Yes, yep. that is correct. I need to reread a couple of books before that third Crescent City book comes it out. It comes out in January. So Let's maybe I should just reread it. them right now. <laughs> but, okay. No, wait. We got we to gotta finish talking about Assassin's Blade so I can talk about book updates because there's a lot of books being released soon. And I am so excited. So there's like, 18 days until jasmine mass's new book is out oh nice very nice along with a few books but i won't get into that right now because okay. we need to finish talking about this it's okay um yeah tell me tell me tell me what you think about this book about um, this about think, this novella and this book in general so i think this i think this book as much as we don't want it to be is a necessity mm-hmm. um which we will find like at least the story from this book is a necessity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're all necessities in their own way own yeah. way, except for I mean, maybe the well no. Yeah, no, they're all they're all pretty necessary in some way for yeah. background context. Yeah. Um, but I think more so, you know, Sam's death is definitely like it said, it's forging her into something different, something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to be necessary for what she has to do in the coming books um because this is not the last we're gonna see of her she is one of the main characters of this this story selena sardothian what she's gonna be a main character what are you talking about (laughs) she definitely has not main character energy (laughs) none at all um but i don't know i think that they all add like i feel like we're building a lasagna and these are adding these those crucial foundation layers <laughs> i think <laughs> i i understand and i respect you even if you don't read this book first i didn't read this book first at first reading it through slowly definitely had more of an impact on me this time around absolutely because... i picked up on a lot more details mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm because here's the thing i tried reading it without thinking too much about the other books aside from the noggin nuggets that we brought up mm-hmm. um and knowing what i knew then um would have kept me from some of the parts where i was like what's gonna happen you know I, like what's gonna happen like you know what i mean some of the, the the thrill that comes out of reading this book is not knowing exactly what happens now some of the backstories regarding like rolf and ansel for example or irene uh mm-hmm. you don't really know them or anything during the first you know for a little while you, you right. meet them you meet them later i won't just it almost later, makes but... it more exciting when they come back into play later yes. on because you don't you don't get to circle back to that information for a couple books mm-hmm. so when it pops back up you're like oh my god <laughs> it's it's a it's a nice touch exactly so tell me a little bit about which novel like what were your some of your favorite parts of the novellas and or like this book and like which novellas were your favorite because I can tell you which ones um, weren't weren't my favorite for sure <laughs> I I really like the fact that in a nutshell Selena like goes and tells like um Irene to get her shit together <laughs> <laughs> um we needed that honestly for yes, ourselves at that point um, in time. I really like 
I understand, I guess, a little bit why Hogwarts for Assassins was necessary, but that story is one I feel I maybe could have done without because, mm. like, that what's going to come out of that story isn't really that significant. Yeah. It's just like, oh, cool. We remember you. Like, you yeah. did a good thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I like I said, I think they all have their own purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, yeah, Irene just telling Irene to get her shit together. I think is the funniest. <laughs> um, any like favorite scenes in particular that like stick out to you? Like all of the uh, all of Captain Rolf and Selena's <laughs> banter. Like yeah. I just really love that's I think that's what I love the most is like I love Selena's witty banter. Mm-hmm. Across the board, doesn't matter who it is. It's just it's all good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So weirdly enough, I think that the assassin in the desert was one of my favorites, if not my favorite. And I mm. think I think it's because of the setting, which I found cool, but also like the reversal of things, and also like the emotions, like the range of emotions. It made me feel from like laughing out loud to like feeling like I wanted to cry because of the treachery. Also, one of my favorite scenes is from that one, which is when uh, Ansel convinces Selena that they should steal Asturian horses. Horses, yeah. That was one of my favorite parts because I thought that was See, so funny. It just, I think the one thing that I don't like about, especially the last book, oh, or like novella, is that the fact that she still cannot put two and two together that it was Arabin. Obviously, yeah. we're gonna put two and two together because we got that cut scene, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is kind of like a cheat for us readers, but um, I feel like everyone could kind of put two and two together, even if we did yeah. that cut scene. Um, but it hurt. She's just so trauma brained that she's like she can't even fathom that Arabin might do something like that. That he's that messed up. Yeah. Who wants to think of that of, of their father, brother, uncle, boss, lover, cousin? Who wants to cousin? <laughs> <laughs> cousin Arabin. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Cousin Wesley. <laughs> cousin Leslie, that's more like it. Um Wesley does have like rude cousin vibes. <laughs> no it's just angsty emo cousin i would say that the last two novellas drove me just about nutty they had good they had good parts i really i did like them um for some of the like the banter that went on some of the action that went on was really cool um but my brain was so frustrated with everything going on with arabin that i Mm -hmm. just was like physically frustrated um but yeah other than that, yeah, I guess I would say probably the stuff with Ralph for like putting her feet on his desk was fantastic. And oh my gosh, yes. Irene, and Irene getting Irene honestly was one of the best parts because that was also funny and it was also highly relatable. <laughs> yes, yes. The, the things that have changed in my life since we read that novella. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Um, I might have quit my job. <laughs> She's Selena. pursuing her own happiness by uh, convinced from Selena Sardothian. The problem is Selena didn't leave me any gold, so. 
<laughs> it's okay christmas is coming you'll get gold somehow i hope so i'm glad i have a support system not everybody's able to do those things and honestly mm-hmm. i'm not really able to either so I'm, I'm putting myself out there and trying my best to get out of you just toxic need, environments you just need to be brave you'll be out of end over here soon <laughs> i hope so after suffering um <laughs> But yeah, overall, I I do like this book. I do think it's necessary in its own way. I think it's highly poetic. I think that I love the fact that most, I think all these stories have like a valid like beginning, middle, end. And uh, yeah, Yeah. I I appreciate it. So I do love and miss Sam, our good boy. And um, I hope that wherever he is, he's looking down on Selena and being like, you can do it. Be strong. Don't be afraid. You got this. You got this. Maybe he sent the stag. So, <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about that. We can't okay. talk about that yet. The I stag. I won't talk about it. The stag it. is a noggin nugget, y'all. Keep It is. Keep it in the back of your mind. It's already a symbol. At least we know it's a symbol it for her. But we won't talk about it too, too much. We at least know a little bit about her. We know a little bit more about her past at the end of this, too. Because, yeah. you know, she says, clearly... When she's talking about the stag and it being 109 years ago, that is significant to her. Um, she mentioned Terrison, um, and the loss of magic and everything. The loss of magic. So we got some, we got some big noggin nuggets from that little yeah. blurb. Um, so we know that there was magic in the land at one point, and now there is not. Um, as of nine years ago, uh, we know that the stag is a good, a great symbol. Um, to the people of Terrison, mm-hmm. and that Terrison was a place that was apparently burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knows about this intimately. Um, we are assuming because she was there. That's the only way she would have knowledge of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's like popular knowledge, in which case she would have learned on the streets or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but recognizing the smell of Terrison, I think that is that a pretty good indicator, indicator that she was. was- she was, yeah. she was there and she knows no cares yeah. pretty well not to so, mention her encounter with the king too that was creepy yes yeah saying that she because he smells like it right she says he smells he she recognized his smell from like mm-hmm. when they were tearing apart the city mm-hmm. and apparently hunting the people and all of the bad things mm-hmm. <laughs> so. interesting all right. Any final thoughts or anything before we close out this sesh? No, I think this was a. I think this is a good book to start out on. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to get into the Throne of Glass, the first book. Yeah. Um, and I think we're gonna take a brief hiatus. A brief hiatus um, in which we'll be posting doing for the holidays. Yeah, and uh, we'll 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 post up to this. We have probably a couple of things coming at you soon that are gonna be like special content in the interim um but other than that we're gonna be doing super secret things we're not necessary we, we're not we're, exactly what we're up to but we're gonna be doing stuff anyway and so we're mostly gonna be taking time to spend with family mm-hmm. and friends during the holidays and you know take a step back to focus on different aspects of life and we will be back after the new year yes and it's gonna be awesome and um throwing a glass be- 
We're going to have so much fun with that book. Diving right in to throw a glass. We're going to have so much fun with that book. I'm so excited. And I have a feeling we'll fly through it pretty quickly. It's That one's on the smaller side. It's on the smaller side and like everything happens very quickly. I think the thing with Assassin's Blade, like why it took us 15 episodes exactly to get through it was like these novellas, again, have so much like squeezed into them. Yeah, it's a a jam pack. It's like the junk drawer in your house. You... (laughs) You open it real quick, throw something in, close it. There's a lot to unpack in there. Yeah. So I think we did a pretty good job of that. And I had a lot of fun doing it with you and a couple of friends that we've had along the way. Um, Yeah. So guys, I want to say like this episode was brought to you by Friendship um, Mm. and Sorrow. And I'm trying to think of like anything funny at all that happened in this. And it's just not. This is a pretty depressing I mean, the opening was pretty funny, but that's because uh, I was losing my <laughs> As far as, like, the actual content goes, yeah. Not oh, so. yeah, there's nothing not funny sorry. about this episode. There's nothing funny about this episode. So, um, uh, this episode brought to you by Seasonal Affective Disorder. Get that treated and uh, take care of yourself, honestly. You, you also take time for your, your friends and your family this, this yeah, holiday season. you know. You know, you never know when your plans could go wrong and your loved one could end up brutally tortured in a cell. So make sure you hold them extra tight this holiday season. <laughs> Give them lots of oh my God, don't plant that kind of thing inside <laughs> inside of our listeners' heads. Don't claim that energy. Also, I don't know how I keep making Zoom do hey. bubbles and balloons and things. We keep doing like cool little screen effects <laughs> i just made fireworks <laughs> i don't know how that happened i'm magical honestly it just you really are because i can't get it to do anything i don't know dude maybe it's because i'm special i don't know so special it won't do it again now that it happened yeah, right. i've gotten balloons i've gotten little thumbs up thingies and i've gotten fireworks but fireworks you're so special why can't i do any of these well, did you go to uh, actual Hogwarts? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hogwarts for assassins. Hogwarts. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly Hogwarts what that's for healers. Hogwarts, Hogwarts for assassins. assassins. That's what I we had. I don't, I don't think we had any other ones. Hogwarts mm-hmm. for pirates, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> no, we had Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. So the first novella was Pirates of the Caribbean. The second one was Hogwarts or the journey to Hogwarts for healers. So the third one was Hogwarts for assassins. The fourth one was um, teenage hormones and um, misunderstanding tropes are the worst. And the fifth <laughs> one was um, crying emoji, crying emoji, crying, crying emoji. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and that sums it up for you folks. Um, yeah. So I guess until we see you next time, um, thank you so, so, so much um, for listening. I see that we have listeners um, from other places across the globe. So yeah, we have thank you so some much. listeners all over. We thought that our listeners were going to be from one concentrated area. <laughs> um, and it's not we have we have listeners all over the world which spotify is kinda, spotify rap was like did you know that you have people who listen in like sweden ireland uh japan australia um, australia um the uk the uk so thank you i don't know why you're listening to us but i hope you're having a good time <laughs> 
um, um and if you're not just hang in there maybe maybe you'll start just get, you know give us another try give us another try please <laughs> <laughs> please we'll, we'll get better to anyone who does not celebrate christmas happy holidays happy holidays and... enjoy some time with family and friends and everything um feel free to email us if you have any um questions or concerns or comments ask akarad at gmail.com thank you yes exactly so all right folks until next time on the count of three we're both gonna say it one two three stay reading reading. (laughs) we did that kind of good